Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. My bad. I'm here. Yo, sometimes the beat just sounds good, and I'm listening to the beat, forgetting that I got to jump in. <laughs> Keith McPherson on the fan. We're mostly talking about the Yankees. I opened up talking about the parallels between the Yankees and the Cowboys. I know people like to give me a hard time as if I'm the only one that exists. Or when they find out, oh, man, you're one of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those. We're just waiting for the time when... The Yankees and Cowboys return to the top of the mountain. But times have changed, right? Nobody is just dominating anymore. Dynasties are hard to come by, right? As soon as we think we found one, it disappears, right? The Warriors dynasty. The Chiefs were supposed to be some kind of dynasty. The Patriots. LeBron and the Cavs. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. Teams are competitive. Everyone is trying to find an edge. Everyone's trying to get the best players and uh, there's agents, and there's so many other layers and factors now with social media and fans, and it's just a different time. We used to have a much simpler time. Back then, the Knicks were good, and now the Knicks are back. Looking forward to watching second half of a back-to-back. This Knicks game tonight, I got Kaz joining me, Kazim, who you've probably seen on MSG, big Knicks fan, big uh, Jets fan as well. We used to run into each other at 1515 Broadway, when he would pop in on Charlemagne's show on MTV, and I was the social media coordinator back then, just trying to make my way in New York City. So I'll have Kaz join me in about 27 minutes, still taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Josh out in Poughkeepsie. What's up, Josh? You're on. What's up, Keith? How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, long-time Knicks, Yankees, Giants fan from New York. Born and raised. Uh, this is the first time I think since '95 when Patrick missed that finger roll against the Pacers in a Game Seven that I've been this excited about the Knicks. Good. My question: I've been arguing with a couple of my friends. They're all saying, you know, we need to make another big, big, big trade, big, big trade. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. I think the biggest move they need to make is find someone that can take minutes off of Jalen Brunson so he's not playing 35, 40 minutes a game. Someone like Brogdon or I heard Terry Rozier, people talking about Bruce Brown, any of these people. Those are the three names I was going to give you, and out of those three, I think Bruce Brown is the most versatile. I think Bruce Brown fits, you know, Tibbs and the culture the most out of those guys. Uh, I think, you know, 
Terry, scary Terry, we know he can run it up. We know he can ball. We know Brogdon's sixth man of the year. But, like, Bruce Brown is a Swiss Army knife where he's going to come in and do whatever they ask him to do. He's not going to be your top five scorer. He's not going to look to be. But he's going to be scrappy. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get assists. And if he's open for a corner three, his shot improved a lot once he left Brooklyn. Uh, he's a champion. He won with the Nuggets. And uh, I'm sure he wants to come back to New York. He was here for, for a few years with the Nets. I mean, not for nothing. I'm not rooting for it to happen, but if it happened, I, I'd like to see it. He was a key part for Denver, too. Like I, I was surprised they yeah. let him go when... I did the Nets the podcast today, and I said Mike Malone, during their parade, got on stage and said, and we're bringing Brucey e. B back. I guess he didn't talk to their GM or talk to <laughs> Bruce Brown. They weren't able to bring Bruce Brown back, but he was an integral part um, of that Nuggets team. Like That's what I'm saying. I, he He can just fit in with other guys that can score, like... Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. He's not looking to be. He's not looking to have the ball. He's not looking to be a top scorer. He's looking to be a role player. And that's the argument I've been having. I, I have my other friends saying that they they need someone like a Dejounte Murray. Or now I heard the Nets are saying that they're interested in moving. They Spencer want Dinwiddie before the yeah either Dinwiddie or Bridges or any. I just don't think those guys are going to fit with the starting lineup chemistry that we have right now since OG came over. Right. We don't need a third scorer. We don't need a third option. That's That was the issues that we were having when right. RJ was And up. depending on the matchup, it seems like one night it's it's Brunson's night to run it up to 40, or maybe he's being more of a distributor. The next night it's Julius Randle's night to run it up to 30-40. Then, you know, he knows it's not his night. Maybe OG is going off for 15-20. And OG is still coming along. I don't know. I, I did have a thought that, hey, maybe they need a third scorer off the bench. Like, IQ would come in and light it up, but I don't know. And that's fine. A, a, a bench player is what I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know like, if that's a – yeah, maybe Malcolm Brogdon then. Um, I, I did also see that they were in talks with Portland, and Portland's asking for a first-round pick for him. I don't mind that. He's a reigning six-man of the year. I mean, they have the picks. Why not? Yeah, I, I'll say this. you got to trust in your front office. They've made the right moves. You know, I was singing the praises, you know, the fact like you trade and you get Cam Reddish and Kevin Knox out of here the last couple years. You bring in Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo. Obviously, the signing of Jalen Brunson changed the whole fortunes of the team. Now you get OG and OB like like just in a matter of two years, they completely changed the Knicks. Mm hmm. So I appreciate them, I appreciate the call. Thanks, yeah, man. thanks for the call. You expect them to make the right move. They're not going to make a move that's going to disrupt the chemistry of this Knicks team. 877-337-6666. I want to take this call from Bobby in Belmore. B.O.B., you got it. You're on the fan. Keith, I told you about love. Uh, I'm not talking about Kevin Love. I'm Jordan Love. Last week, 18 touchdowns, <laughs> one interception going to that game. He was balling. He was, he was throwing off. off one foot. He was dropping the ball in the bucket. He was backyard balling. I saw it with my own eyes, and I'm like, no. I yeah. I thought it could happen, but, I mean, I was like, no, Michael Parsons is going to knock this guy out. Demarcus Lawrence, they're going to be all over him. No, they stop couldn't get to him. LT. Couldn't get to him please fast stop. enough. Please stop comparing this guy to LT. You know, I just Yeah, that's over. <laughs> it's been I over for a while. He's got a big mouth. That's all he has right now. Yeah, anyway, he's got a uh, podcast, and uh, he's more like a Draymond Green on that podcast. Like, we don't yeah, need before, No, we don't need it. Before I get to the Yankees quickly, I know. Um, you know, I wouldn't shock me. I mean, Love and Stroud, C.J. Stroud, it would not shock me if there's two more upsets for those two guys. I mean, all the pressure's on the Ravens and the 49ers. 
Um, Jackson hasn't done anything in the playoffs, and and Purdy did not look looked ordinary against the Ravens. I'm sure that that defense. I know I know the Packers don't have nearly the Ravens defense, but those, anybody could be beat. The and defense. Not, that's that's the whole key. The defense has to win the game for the Ravens. The defense has to win the game for the Niners. I mean. Lamar Jackson's yeah. been chilling for two weeks. He's been on ice. And yeah. I said this a couple nights ago. He started off slow this season, and him himself, he got on his Twitter, and I don't even use the B word, but I know he can on the fan. He tweeted out, I'm rusty as a bitch. He's yeah, going to be well, rusty in this game. If you don't play well, for those, two weeks, you don't just come out there right. slinging like yeah. Jordan Love, he, like C.J. Stroud. Like, well, so if he's yeah, rusty. He's against, yeah, he's going against a guy who's Stroud. Team and then team itself has been in playoff mode the last two weeks. CJ Stroud and Love both had perfect uh, quarterback ratings. Yeah, they so, were I mean, falling. Yeah. They, they they were reading the defense and they they were on page with their receivers. I, it keeps playing over and over in my head. Nico Collins and CJ Stroud and some of the balls that were dropped in by CJ Stroud to Nico Collins is just like a feel thing. And same thing with yeah. Romeo Dobbs. And, and Jordan Love, it's a feel thing. Yeah. Hey, run, get to the green grass, and I'm going to hit you with the pass. Yeah, and, you know, this, this, this is wide open this year. Uh, now, I want to get to uh, Stroman. I got other calls, obviously. You know, are you concerned at all that this guy has not won 140 pitches, 100, sorry, 140, 140 innings the last two years? I mean, I just hope this guy's not injury-prone like, like a lot of other Yankees are. I, and, of course uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for Carlos Rodon. I'm concerned well, for Nestor Cortez, the only lock. And we don't know if he's going to be what he was last year. Is Garrett Cole? So yeah, you have um, you know a slight caution. You have uh, even a little bit of pessimism about hey, in the past, like last year, I put out on my Twitter the kiss of death was Major League Baseball putting the picture picture out that said best rotation in baseball, and it had Cole, it had Nestor, it had Rodon, it had Sevi and Montas. What did that turn well, into? Well, yeah, turned into yeah, and uh, <laughs> four fifths of that didn't turn out too good. And you know, and you know, I understand that Snell wants two hundred and forty million. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to get that, but I obviously the Yankees up in one fifty, and I don't know if he, if this no. guy is going to get close to that. And it's Scott I mean, Boris, big bad Scott Boris. I, I have a clip from uh, one of the San Francisco Giants pages said that according to Bill Madden of the New York Daily News, Scott Boris set the market for starting pitcher Blake Snell at nine years, two hundred seventy million. That's what oh, wow. made the Yankees pivot. To Marcus Stroman and the San Francisco yeah. Giants pivot to Jordan Hicks. Who's doing he's that? Not, he's not the most paying him that. He's had terrible years other than saw younger years. And, uh, and that's what you I'm know, saying. As I hear Yankee yeah. fans clamoring for this guy, I'm like, did, he, did you not watch him pitch at all? He's not he he's walked, not Garrett Cole. He's I mean, right, I know no, Yamamoto no, got a no, bag of money, but like stay tuned, folks. I'll be the first one on the fan guys, when he pitches. You guys, yeah, if you walk guys like he does in the, the stadium. Yeah, I think he led the league in walks. Right, guys. he does walk he only, guys. Like five innings of, uh, and he doesn't go deep in games. I can't give a guy that top. much money. I can't do it. I can't and, do it. You know, a, yeah, he strikes out a lot of guys, and he walks a lot of guys, so he's ended up throwing a lot of pitches, and he's out after five innings. He's a he dog. He's got command. He's got experience, postseason experience. But for this Yankee yeah. team, and especially what I said about the future and the money that's on the books and who we're trying to retain next year, I can't say, Blake Snell, come on down, because Yankee fans say that you need to be the number two behind Garrett Cole. Here's $270 million. They offered him 150 for five years. He said no. Thanks for the call, Bob. 877-337-6666. Let's keep it rolling before I get to my guest. Dave is out in Brooklyn. What's up, Dave? You got it? Hey, Keith, what's going on? Watching the Knicks now. Knicks are up 25-24. Deuce is loose. Uh, Miles McBride. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why well, I said Deuce, Deuce is loose. I was thinking maybe Deuce Vaughn. I was thinking uh, Deuce, not Deuce McBride. Miles McBride. Who was I thinking with the Deuce is loose? Anyway, sometimes I, I get sports brain and I'm thinking of uh, Dallas Cowboys failed running backs and uh, <laughs> basketball players and football players all at the same time. Baseball players. Uh, that's okay. You have a great show. Uh, yeah, Deuce you know, McBride. Chris, uh, that's I, his nickname. Miles McBride's nickname is Deuce McBride. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Keith, I'll tell you, man, listen, every Yankee fan wants what's best for this team. I understand exactly what you're saying about the payroll, how incredibly high it already is. I like Snell. To me, he's still, you know, he still has a lot in the tank. I think he could have a great year. Um, I understand the trepidation concerning his, you know, his salary. And, of course, this is not Monopoly money. I agree with you 100%, obviously. But, um, you know, I just, I feel like the Dodgers actually made a mistake. I feel like a billion dollars in two guys, right, which is what they paid. I mean, there's so much that can go wrong there. Like, to me, you know, obviously Otani's not even pitching this year. Now, what, what relevance does that have with the Yankees? It's like I think the Yankees were very, very smart in putting, you know, much, much less money in a guy like Stroman. And, you know, when it comes to Hayter and, um, you know, and uh, Snell, they're not cheap. And, of course, you know, you want to get the best price. But I feel like they need at least one of these two guys. What do you think? I mean, I don't I don't feel like they need anybody. And for the mm-hmm. Dodgers, like, I, I can't wait for them to fail. The, the whole <laughs> league is waiting for them to fail. That's what I just said about Yamamoto. When Yamamoto has his first start, there's a good chance I'll be on the fan till 2 a.m. and I'm going to be watching. And when he gets rocked, I'm going to be the first one saying, oh, update, here we go, Um, checking in at uh, Chavez Ravine. Uh, Yamamoto didn't make it through the second inning. Like, all the money that they threw at these guys, they spent more money on two guys than, than the whole Major League Baseball has spent on free agents. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. Let's see how it all works out. Baseball don't work like that. Baseball does not work like that. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say that the Yankees need Snell or need Hater. I think what it is, it's a product of this offseason, the free agents available, the way it's shaken out for the Yankees. Like it, Fans feel like they need a, a number two behind Garrett Cole. And when you look at the options available, it just, like I said, sometimes it, it doesn't line up like that. Stroman, I think, lined up perfect. Perfect timing for him, perfect timing for us, and a great contract, in my opinion. You can't get finesse. Uh, Cashman has his principles and he has his ways. There's just things he's not going to do. And as Yankee fans, we got to know that by now. They didn't fire him. I said that on Twitter today. I said, newsflash, they didn't fire Cashman. So he's still Mm -hmm. moving the same way he's been moving over the years. He's still doing business the same way he's been doing business over over the years. They're not going to go out there and throw a bag of money at Snell or Hayter. The only hope I was holding out for, which I think is it's, it's done because once they report to camp or whatever, who knows, is that the market just, like, shortens because most of the teams in baseball can't afford Hater or Snell. Mm-hmm. And then right. it's going to come down to where do you want to play? Do you want to win? And the Yankees will say, oh, yeah, we still got that 150 for you. Mm-hmm. Or for or for Hater, yeah, we got uh, we can give you $80 million. Right. Yeah, yeah, let's hope it kind of turns out that way. That would be nice, actually. If not, I think we've got more than enough. Thanks for the call, Dave. I, I'm going to spring training, I think, like, March 20th. I'm going to fly down there. I'm going to get a good look at the team, at the squad. There's guys that you guys are forgetting about. And like I said, 82 and 80, I'm not making excuses for them. 
But I watched the team like you guys watched the team. We watch every game. Yankee fans watch every game. They were hurt, man. They did not have the team they were expecting. That's why Cashman was so upset. Like You can't predict injuries. You can prepare for them. And I think they're going to prepare better for them. And they have. That's why you add a Trent Grisham in the deal. That's why you, you make a deal for Alex Verdugo. That's why you have guys coming back like Jason Dominguez. There was a picture of Jason Dominguez out there in spring training. He's alive. He's coming back in the summer sometime. And there are two times you can improve your team, in the winter and before the deadline. Let's go to Pompton Plains. What's up, Matt? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. First time, long time. Thanks for ding, having me. Ding, I'm a ding. fellow. I need a ding, ding, ding sound effect for first-time callers. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> I'm also a Cowboy Yankee fan. Unfortunately, I'm on the younger side, so I've been suffering my whole life. Uh, with, I feel uh, bad for y'all because it don't make no damn sense for you young guys that are fans off of what? Romo and Didi Gregorius? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's been tough. But I've been hearing a lot of calls today on both your show and then Tiki's show earlier where people were suggesting Micah should have played linebacker all it game. It doesn't work like um, that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you don't just – the only chance we had is if we had a good pass rush and you don't just switch – um, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, the linebacker. I right. Think they so failed for, exa- to for example, position. Matt, they have to double team him. So we're gonna have him go stand yeah. as a, like it doesn't make any sense. And like I'm, I don't act yeah. like I'm this like football guru, but you have a game plan. Guys play certain positions. You, you, you're not just gonna admit. Dan Quinn would probably have been fired on the spot if he says, "Okay, stop rushing the passer. We want you to drop in coverage at linebacker, or we want you to stand here at, at middle linebacker and and and." line up on Aaron Jones. No, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He finally did get a holding call, but the Packers had a plan for stopping him and Tank and Odigi Zua and all those guys, and, and they, they, they executed it to perfection. That game was over fast. Yeah, and then I got one more Yankee thing for you. Um, I'm with you. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to be fine. I don't think people realize, like you said, Aaron Judge was hurt last year. If we can get 140 games out of him, that'd be great. And then we're replacing guys like Aaron Hicks with Juan Soto. Which right. I think we were, is, we're relying on Aaron Hicks. We're relying on Josh Donaldson, Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, Greg Allen. They're gone. IKF is gone. Matt, thanks for the call. Let's see if I can get the rest of these calls in before I get to my guests. I got three. Oh, well, now I got four of the calls are rolling in. <laughs> Connor keeps adding them. Eric's, oh, Erica is in Old Bridge. What's up, Erica? You're on the fan. What's going on, Keith? How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Thanks for calling in. A uh, huge Yankee fan, and I just I've been listening uh, all night, and I'm with you. You know, us fans were really spoiled. Like when push comes to shove, Cashman always makes the move that we beg for. We were begging for Carlos Rodon; he got it done. I know Hal had to step in for Judge, but Judge got it done. We were begging for Soto, and guess what? He made the trade and got it done. And then people don't realize, like outside of Otani and Yamamoto. This free agency is nothing spectacular. Like, we still are begging for a Jordan Montgomery, but he's not the savior. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we had Jordan and Montgomery. We, we sent him away. Yeah. We, like, yeah. We, we had him. He was our guy. We discarded him. So we're not going to overpay him. We're not going to beg him to come home. Exactly. And really, he's in, he, he looks good on paper because he, he had a couple of games um, pitched well in the playoff, and he won a World Series. But really, like, Yamamoto kind of set the standard on the contracts, and I think that's the reason why people are going to hold out because you have a you have a Jordan Montgomery who's actually pitched in the MLB where Yamamoto hasn't and made all that money. But I don't think he's what the Yankees need, and I do I do actually like the Stroman uh, deal. But my issue is 
there's just so many what ifs, right? Like DJ LeMayhew, is he going to be that guy again that's going to be able to hit 280 at least, you know? Um, are we, like, are we going to get that contact in the lineup? Like, even Volpe, he hit, what, 220 last season? Like, we need him to be able to make more contact. He looked a little better at the end of the season, but, like, we need those guys on for for Aaron Judge, for Juan Soto. And I, that's why I like the Verdugo trade, because that's a, he's a contact guy, right? He's going to get on base right. and give our power hitters a chance. But, again, Rizzo, like, and then Rizzo, people forget that he was having a amazing season last year until he got injured yes. um but but yeah there's just so many question marks Rodon what's he gonna look like I I'm convinced he was injured um yeah, he was right away he, he got hurt in, in spring training trying to show up to Yankee spring training and prove himself not to cut you off but there's a phrase high tide raises all boats when you put a Juan Soto in this lineup next to Aaron Judge everybody raise your standard everybody play up now everybody's getting pitches to hit now everybody is rising to the occasion because the culture is the expectation is higher. The culture is different. You've got two of the best in the world in your clubhouse. They're setting the standard. The guys are following them. Aaron Judge is the captain. Juan Soto is a, a generational talent. You you can't just go up there and strike out. You won't be in there long. And if DJ doesn't have it, Oswald Peraza, get ready to rock. If Rizzo doesn't have it, man, Austin Wells is going to end up being a first baseman probably at some point if he's not a catcher. Like they have young guys and help on the way reinforcements now, and it isn't going to be this like, oh, well, here's another random guy rolling out there, and like you go to Yankee Stadium, and everybody's hitting under 270, and there's randoms in the lineup, and most Yankee fans are like, who the hell is this in the outfield? That's done. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I'm, I'm just glad they added, like you, you mentioned before, they added three guys with a lot of grit that play the game the, like, with fire, like with Nick energy. Swisher vibes, you know? Yeah, it we, was need like, like we need that. We need that because that's the type of stuff. Like, I watch the games, and, I, and I, I've and i been in so many games, and I look at the visiting dugout. That's what I was talking about. There were teams that were too damn comfortable in Yankee Stadium. There were teams that were too damn cocky in Yankee Stadium. You need a couple dogs. You need a couple enforcers. Josh John Donaldson thought he was that guy, but he was, was over the hill. He was washed. So, like, you need guys like Stroman that are going to go on the mound, strike guys out, and bark at the other bullpen. You need guys like Soto that are going to shuffle at the opposing pitcher. You need guys like Verdugo who are going to swag a little bit out there. Like, it's going to change the team chemistry and vibe around the pinstripes. I'm ready for it. I agree, man. Thank you for taking the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Let's speed up the calls. Brian in Connecticut. Go, Brian, go. Keith, first time, long time. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. As a lifetime Yankee fan, I couldn't agree with everything that's been said. Um, the 90s Yankees had you beat before they took the field. Right. There it was, was in your head. You didn't stand a chance. <laughs> exactly. It was like Tyson in his prime. He had you beat before the bell rang. The Yankees are missing that right now. So signing these dogs like Verdugo, Stroman, that play with this swag is exactly what this team needs. And the so, fans are going to follow up. The fans are going to follow up. So when these exactly. teams step into the stadium, it isn't the fans that are that are silent or groaning. There were so many times where I'm in there, and you guys hear me talk about the whale sound, right? There were so many times the team was lifeless, the fans were lifeless, and that uh, uh, would ring off, and it would be loud as hell. We don't need it. Honestly, if anyone from the Yankees are listening – Get rid of it. The Imperial sound or whatever it is from Star Wars, we don't need it. We're going to be ready to go this year. I couldn't agree more. One guy I think that we need to add, 
and people may look at me funny about this is Trevor Bauer. Yeah, well, nobody's going to look at you funny. We had I'm sitting in the studio right where he was sitting. Like we we've all had this conversation over the last couple weeks. Trevor Bauer, man, if the Yankees were actually wild enough, crazy enough to take a flyer on Trevor Bauer, then wow, <laughs> talk about different guys and different personalities in the clubhouse, and let's 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 f and go, yeah. But it's just it, like exactly. I, I, that I man's just, playing for a career right now. I know, but it's the, the Yankee brand. The you know, you always hear the Kester talk about like Tiffany brands and the prestige and and the class of the Yankees. The Yankees, I know, have had Dingo, Domingo Herman, but he was already on the roster when he did what he did. Uh, Chapman too, like, but like bringing in a guy like Bauer who still has pending cases and has a whole pack of haters following him that would literally show up to the stadium to heckle him and just make a scene. And it's a PR, it's a PR nightmare that I don't know if the Yankees want to take on for one year of Bauer coming from the Bay Stars and not being sure he's an ace or not. Thanks for the call, Brian. Matt in New City. Go, Matt. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah listen, I'm a Yankee fan, and I, I hope they win 162 games. But everyone's got to calm down a little bit. Don't forget, you know, Stanton is always hurt. Judge is always hurt. LeMahieu the last few years is always hurt. You know, Rendon, he's always hurt. I know we got a couple new guys, but everyone's got to stay healthy. And I don't see why you would think that just because they added Soto and Verdugo that everyone's going to stay healthy this year. No one's saying that they're going to stay healthy this year. What we're saying is they added MLB caliber hitters and outfielders. And, like, there's going to be a different energy. Last year, you were watching a lot of backups. You were watching a lot of reserves. Andre in the Bronx on the fan. Like, I don't understand how you guys are still calling and saying, like, oh, we need Snell. We need Hater. What I'm telling you is they have enough guys that they don't go have to go out and, and pay these guys. They have enough guys they will address this. At the deadline, make trades or whatever. Let's roll. No. Hey, listen. Hello? Yeah, you're on. Yeah, yeah, listen. I respect you, man, right? But as a matter of fact, I like you, right? Because you know your stuff. You know, you go to way more games. You a real diehard Yankee fan. I love you. But I'm telling you that the Yankees need to get uh, the closer from San Diego. and Because I'm telling you, where they lost a lot of games last year, and if I'm not watching, I'm listening to all the games on the radio, bro, and their bullpen blew a lot of games because the guy who they have closing, he's a good, raw, young kid, but if they brought the San Diego guy in and let him close, let the guy bring eighth, I think we got enough bats. But we still need to address that bullpen, and we need to bring Wandy Perota back. If that makes any sense to you, and I'll let you talk. Yeah, I, I think we should bring Wandy back. I just look at the price tag for Hader, and I don't think that the Yankees right now. Who else is courting Hader? The Astros? Like I just don't think that the, the Yankees are going to give him a hundred million dollars, hundred five million dollars. I think that they believe in their pitching coach, they believe in their bullpen depth, they believe in the, in in their analytics and their lanes and how they've been closing games and winning games. And they don't look at Hader as a, a if if they did, he would have already been signed. They don't look at him as a big ticket item. That's like okay, this puts us. Over the top. Thanks for the call, Dre. Like, and I could be wrong, but like, I don't know. I I didn't see Brian Cashman say anything today about we're in the market for a high end closer. I, I don't know. I think that they're gonna they're gonna roll with Clay Holmes and they're gonna roll with their mix and match and closer by committee. Okay, we got a break right here. Bring in Kaz. Kaz, if you're listening, my bad. I just text you. I wanted to get through all my Yankee calls. My guy Kazim is coming up on the fan. We're gonna talk Knicks. We're gonna talk Jets, and then after that. 
We'll get back to your calls. Let's take this break. BRB. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah yeah let's get it okay joining me right now i said in my open i don't know what took me so long to bring this guy on as a guest. We go back a couple years. I'm just a fan of his. And uh, maybe you're a fan of his as well. He's in the TV game, in the podcast game, the music game, wrestling, uh, New York Knicks fan, New York Jets fan. Joining me right now, at Kazim, a.k.a. Kaz. What's up, Kaz? You're on the fan in New York. What's up, bro? Chief, my brother, what's going on, man? I was, I was... I was losing myself a little bit over that triumph, that instrumental before. So I was, I was like, all right, keep going. He was on beat and everything. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, once this in a good while, juju, man. Once in a while, I kick a freestyle on the fan. I don't think anybody ever has done that before. <laughs> Me, I'm due for, I'm due for some bars actually. But um, man, we got to go back. We got to take people back in time because I'm sure people don't know this. I actually went back uh, and just looked at our DMs on Twitter. Wow. 2017, I'm I'm haggling, I'm hassling, I'm basically begging you, man, like, what's up, Kaz? We met a couple times on the set of Uncommon Sense. You know, I was doing yeah. social media for MTV, MTV2. Like, you were you were working at Bleacher Report. And, man, yeah, I was yeah. I was just trying to get on. I was, uh, <laughs> I was just, like, leaving MTV and looking for opportunities. 
And you know what's funny, man? I, like now I have so many people that have reached out to me over the years looking for opportunities. And there's so many people I tell them, like, I can't help you. Like, I wish I had something for you. I couldn't help you. And back then, I know you couldn't help me, but you still responded to some messages. You followed me. We uh, kind of followed each other's careers. And uh, here we are now. Yeah, bro. I've always I've always been a fan of your stuff. And even going back to the, uh, the Uncommon Sense days, right, I look back and just think of the crew of people that we were working with, right? It was like me, Charlemagne, Jesus Amaro, Andrew Schultz. Yep. Uh, I mean, my God, just the who's who, Kid Fury, you know what I mean? Crystals, like a bunch of incredible, talented TV podcast people now. And, you know, seeing the growth that you've been through, especially on WFAN, it just, you know, social media makes, uh, it makes the world a little bit smaller than it is. So even though we hadn't really been able to cross paths as much, as I would have liked to, man. It's been really awesome seeing you climb on the fan and seeing everything you bring to the to the culture, especially a sports talk radio in New York City. I know it's a beast out here. So, you know, it's, it's dope seeing it, man. And, you know, especially on this station, the one that everybody in New York City helped, you know, grew up on listening. You got that primetime hour. So, it's, uh, you know, everybody's everybody's proud of you, bro. So am I, man. So I really do uh, – I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of you yeah. are bringing me on here, and we we can catch up like old times, bro. It is it's mutual, bro. When I text you today, it was all love, and I, I just said I put two and two together. I'm like, yo, why haven't I had Kaz come on? Yo, back in the day, like Pete Davidson used to be on that show. Uh, yeah. Cardi B was yeah. on that show. Joe Budden was on that show. We all used to be in that little green room area, uh, kind of oh, just hanging man. out like at, fi- at 1515, where they used to shoot TRL. Uh, back in like 2015, 2016, it's crazy to think that there was so many talented people in there that have gone on to do other great things, and we're all kind of, you know, still crossing paths in New York. And, you know, I've seen you on MSG. I'm in here watching MSG right now. I know you're proud of your Knicks. I know it's been a long time coming. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because I was on the fan talking about, yo, if they go down to Philly and they beat the Sixers, it's going to be Knicks media. And then I saw one of your tweets and I think he said something along the lines, like, if the Knicks beat Philly, I'm going to be irrational or something like that. How are you feeling about this run that the Knicks are on stacking wins? I mean, I know they stumbled a little bit, and there's been some injuries or whatever, but, like, they're really about to keep, like, if you look at their schedule, <laughs> they're going to keep stacking wins, and they have a chance to just raise themselves in the Eastern Conference standings. Man, I'm going I'm to keep it all the way tall, man. Um, I'm a, I was a big R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly fan. It was hard seeing those two guys go, uh, especially, you know, when you draft, I'm saying like I drafted it, but, you know, when your team drafts, uh, you know, players that you really like and you see them grow up, it's always tough to kind of see them go elsewhere. But like I said, man, that game against Philadelphia, I felt like it was going to be a real test for the New York Knicks. They were on the road. They had had a couple wins in a row already. Joel Embiid was playing, you know what I mean? He wasn't hurt or sitting out. So I called my shot. I said, listen, man, the Knicks look good. And if you remember the beginning of the season, they, they had a good record, but their record against, like, teams above 500 wasn't so hot. In fact, I think their first win over a playoff team or a team over 500 came on Christmas when they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, that was sort of a big win at that time. But, you know, who knew who knew that was going to be the last time we saw RJ quickly and all those guys in, in, in Madison Square Garden. So fast forward to that game in Philly and – you know, off the eye test, after beating Minnesota, I like the way this Knicks team was built, especially with OG and Anobi hitting corner threes, sort of playing all types of defense from the two to the five. And the Sixers are a team that, say what you want about them, say what you want about their playoff experience, 
they're going to be a team that you're going to have to go through if you want to beat anything in the Eastern Conference. So when the Knicks not only beat them, but stomped them out, I said, oh, hell yeah. Now, we're talking very heavy. So <laughs> anybody who listens to me and anybody who saw these Knicks in the next several weeks and months, um, well, I guess it's months now since that game, um, they're, they're doing everything that I hope that they could play, right? Like, it's not only enough to just win games. I would say they've really established a culture and identity that they've been trying to build for maybe like the past two or three years. And I feel like he said it and, you know, they wanted to do it. And I think the Mitchell Robinson injury really was a hard reset for the Knicks because if you remember once he went out, the defense really suffered. And the addition of Hartenstein and OG into the starting lineup really, you know, got them back to playing Tom Thibodeau type defense. So there's just a steadiness to this team, right? Like there's just a steadiness to this Knicks team where even if it's a, a, a team like the Washington Wizards that you expect to beat or you're going up against a Boston Celtics or uh, a Sixers or Bucks team, you always feel like they're going to be well-equipped to at least make it a game, right? Like you don't ever feel like they don't have a shot against anybody in the NBA, and that's all you kind of wanted. But now it's time to get greedy. You got Jalen Brunson on an incredible contract. You got J- J- um, Julius Randle on an incredible contract, and they're both playing like all NBA all-stars that timeline has sort of moved up. So as much as I love Barrett, as much as I love quickly, it was sort of time to sort of put all your chips on the table and say, all right, we got to make some moves. So OG sort of the first part. I'm waiting for that next part to happen. And whether that happens at the trade deadline this year or at the end of the season during the summertime, I think they're a piece away from truly becoming a, a contender and a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. Not that they are already, but I think it'll really establish themselves as uh, one of the real big Eastern Conference powers, which is one more move for this Knicks team. Yeah, a couple days until Toronto plays the Knicks, you'll get to see uh, your old pals, RJ and IQ, versus the Knicks. They should make the move in the next two days. Everybody's talking about Malcolm Brogdon or DeJounte Murray or Bruce Brown or, you know, who are are you eyeing up? I was just talking to a caller about how I think they're going to make the right move. I've been so impressed with the moves they've made over the last couple years. Uh, whether it was getting Kevin Knox out of here or Cam Reddish out of here, bringing in Josh Hart, bringing in Dante DiVincenzo, like just adding these role players and pieces that fit to the puzzle. And I I don't expect them to make a mistake right now and add somebody that doesn't help, even OG, obviously. Um, Who are you eyeing up? Who do you think is going to be the right fit for the Knicks? Keith, I think you nailed it, right? Like the the most important thing about this is I feel like they're going to nail it regardless. They have built up such... A great rapport with me. There's Leon Rose, World Wide West, the regime of Knicks basketball that it doesn't feel like they ever lose a trade. It doesn't feel like they ever lose a contract negotiation. They got some of the best contracts in the league. Every trade that they've made in the, in the middle of the season, whether it's Derrick Rose or Josh Hart or OG Ananobi, has worked out well. So as much as you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm thirsty for like the Deontay Murrays of the world, the Donovan Mitchells, and those sort of third sort of stars. I think a guy like Terry Rozier, like Scary Terry from Charlotte, like he's sort of the perfect complement for what that bench sort of needs right now. I mean, I just went downstairs to my office to do this call, but as I was upstairs, I seen, you know, I know Josh Hart isn't playing today, but, you know, Evan Fournier is on the court right now, uh, Miles McBride, and you just see the offense just slow down to a snail's mm-hmm. pace as soon as those all-stars are out of the game. You get a guy like Terry Rozier in there who, you know, is toiling away in Charlotte, but you put him in a situation where they're like, hey, you can come to New York and be there, Emmanuel, quickly, their spark plug off the bench, and be a guy who could go off at 20 points uh, any given night 
but you're not going to start. But as soon as, you know, you sub in, you're pretty much going to get the ball and say, hey, go get buckets. I think that's going to be a real motivated dude. And I think anybody who's watched him, anybody who's seen just sort of his temperament, I think he kind of fits with this Knicks team and his attitude and the sort of culture that they built of a bunch of tough guys, a bunch of veterans that aren't necessarily, you know, I think they've the, the Knicks have figured out this sort of, I'd like to say formula for a player that they really like and they believe in where, you know, you think back to when Julius Randle signed to the New York Knicks, he was a guy who I guess was, you know, sort of flying under the radar. He gets to New York, he becomes an all-NBA guy and an all-star. Jalen Brunson, another guy flying under the radar, he comes to the New York Knicks, he's going to be a, a first-time all-star this year and probably an all-NBA player. Even OG Ananobi in the handful of games we've seen him in the past several uh, past several weeks, he seems like a guy who might have flown under the radar a little bit, and maybe he could, you know, I called him a homeless man's Kawhi uh, on certain nights, you know? Like, he looks like somebody who could be, if he could become a, a really good shot creator, who knows? He could become one of the top wings in the NBA. So I think wherever they go for that bench help, whether it's Burks, uh, who I like as well, Malcolm mm-hmm. Brogdon from Portland, who I think could be a good pickup. But I'm, I really like Scary Terry, man. I like Terry Rozier. He's a guy that has a little bit of that oomph that I think New York City would love as well. And I don't think it would cost that much to, to get him over here. And you could still keep that core intact. So um, that's the guy that I, I'm really looking for. Jordan Clarkson also, but I think the Utah Jazz are playing a lot better. I think they're, the winners of nine of the last ten games or something like that. But Terry Rozier, man, if they can get him for – a second-round pick in the Fournier contract, count me in, man. Let's roll with that. Yeah, Scary Terry can run it up. If you're looking for instant offense off the bench, trying to, like, replace what IQ was doing, it's Scary Terry. I mean, as a Nets fan, I watched him come to Barclays Center with the Hornets and give us buckets. Uh, Also, Bruce Brown, former Net, his name was floated out there. I don't know. I I think they're going to make the move, especially after we just saw Pascal Siakam get traded. Uh, So the the Pacers are going for it. I know the Knicks are going to just – make the right move. But I mentioned, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. I mentioned Bruce Brown and uh, Terry Rozier giving the Nets work. How do you feel as a New Yorker, as a New York Knicks fan that survived the whole KD Kyrie to Brooklyn with James (laughs) Harden, and now we have the aftermath where me as a Nets fan, I did the Nets podcast talking Nets today, we're down tremendous, astronomical. (laughs) We don't know which way is up, which way is down, which way to go next. How does that feel for you surviving that as a Knicks fan? Because we know there was a lot of back and forth, and there was some animosity, some hard feelings that, hey, they didn't choose to come to the Garden. I ain't going to lie, man. I've lost a few friends over the years because of this Knicks <laughs> robbery, right? But I'll keep it real. Like, I don't hate the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I don't no, hate I've seen fans. you in Barclays Center. That. I've seen you a couple times over there. Yeah, I know you don't hate like, the Nets. It's, it's low over there, right? But at the same time, you know, you, you can't. You can't forget some of the slick stuff that was said about the Knicks franchise during those years, whether it was Spencer Dinwiddie talking a little jump, whether it's KD going to Hot 97 talking a little jump. Like, of course, you're going to have some sort of, all right, we got a bus day behind when we play them. But at the same time, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, they're they're kind of disappointing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think at the beginning of the year, this is a team that I thought was at least going to be in that middle of the pack, maybe playing for a playing spot. Uh, because I think they do have a lot of talented players, right? But at the end of the day, I know it's it's tough to do and, and, and say because he's been injured so much, but I think a lot of this team's ails really falls on Ben Simmons. And not so much Ben Simmons, you know, we're still waiting for him to be this number one overall pick or at least a semblance of the guy we saw in Philadelphia. 
for several years, but you got to remember what you gave up for, right? right? Like you gave up a guy like James Harden, who, you know, if he, if he could and do that over And what you gave up again. for James Harden, you gave away your core, you gave away Karis LeVert, you yeah. gave away Jared Allen, and uh, I, I'm right there with you on the podcast yeah. and on this radio I, station. I've been saying that was the mistake that led to all this, and then also planning around Ben Simmons actually playing. You should have never banked on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that whole. That whole transaction is where I think it, it sort of set the nets backwards, right? Like James Harden, they didn't need him, you know. Like I felt like they were kind of going for overkill once they saw they had KD, Kyrie, and we're still in this, I don't know, era of big three superstars that you need to win a championship. Whereas as we've seen in the past several years, you really just need two and a really good supporting cast, right? And they had that with with KD, Kyrie, and the Curtis Levert and Jared Allen. And all those guys, you know, you go and get James Harden. He's not happy. You trade him for Ben Simmons. And, you know, uh, God bless Ben Simmons. I hope he gets healthy and is able to play basketball again. But it's been an L. It's been it's set your entire franchise back. And if he was even remotely available on the court, I think you see Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Cam Thomas and all those guys be a lot more productive because we know Ben Simmons isn't the guy who's going to go out there and get you 30, but he'll set the table just as good as anybody in the NBA, you can't do that from the from the sidelines. You can't do that from you know uh, while you're injured. So I don't hate the Brooklyn Nets. I just think they probably got a little bit too cute with the transactions. And who knows? Maybe that was a little bit of little brother syndrome creeping in, trying to steal headlines from New York and just getting all these superstars and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, it doesn't work out. I'm a New York sports fan. I take no solace in seeing or no happiness in seeing the Brooklyn Nets stink. Right now, I think, you know, whether they're good, whether they're, they're interesting, the NBA is better when the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks are, are you know, doing well on the basketball front. But, I mean, what can I tell you, man? I, I've never folded. It was very easy to fold. I know a lot of Knicks fans that are friends of mine. I'm not going to say a name, Rob Markman, who uh, jumped. <laughs> Switch sides. <laughs> Set tripping. Jumped, jumped on the other side for a little while. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people was like, all right, you got to stay over there and, and, and bleed blue and orange. Why don't I treat you like this? Well, this is what happens when you're loyal. You stay through the bad times. You can appreciate the good times. And right now, and I think for the foreseeable future, the Knicks are going to be in for some good times. Yes, sir. Stay down till you come up. I say that probably every night. And I know you're a suffering Jets fan. So when I saw your Twitter and I saw you quote tweet Bleacher Report announcing that Mike McCarthy's returning as the Cowboys head coach, and you said – Jerry don't got that George in him. You made a Dallas Cowboys-Yankees comparison. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Woody Johnson don't have that George in him. You're running it back with Rob Sala. Like, your misery is going to continue. You have the worst coach in the NFL. You're banking on Aaron Rodgers being this magical elixir that he uh, claims to be. So how do you feel about, you know, the Jets' chances going into the offseason, running it back, and Aaron Rodgers at age 40 coming off an Achilles leading you guys to the promised land? It's it's unfortunate, right? Like I'm I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, obviously, but at the same time, it, it was it was the season that I feel was just the most, I would just say, just unfortunate, right? Like in any other circumstance, in any other situation, I think Robert Sala isn't the head coach of the New York Jets going into this year. But the fact that you got Aaron Rodgers for four plays. And you gave up so much to give him that sort of control over the team, whether it was the contract that he took so he could take less money so he can go out and sign more players. Like, uh, you know, guys weren't even on the team no more. I think like Alan Lazard, Dan Cook, all these other dudes that they signed, 
you know, after they got uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think there was a um, – there had to be some draft uh, protection if he didn't play certain games or whatnot. So, at the very least, as bad as the Jets were, I could completely understand them running it back with Rob Salah just because you don't really have any better choices, right? I think in the perfect scenario, Zach Wilson would have matured a little bit. He would have at least looked like a capable NFL quarterback. So in the event that Aaron Rodgers came back, they at least had a tough choice to make. Zach Wilson didn't make it a a tough choice for them at all, right? And at the same time, you know, the New York Jets organization didn't do a good job of going out and getting the capable backup to at least hold the fourth down because the defense, from you know, for the most part, held up the end of the bargain, right? Like, they did what they could with subpar quarterback play for the third season in a row, and um, it didn't really help them out, right? So as much as I am not uh, enthusiastic and optimistic that this whole Jets-Aaron Rodgers scenario is going to work out, as much as I wanted to, as much as it would absolutely elate me as a long-suffering Jet fan that, a 40-year-old man who might be one of the greatest throws of the football I've ever seen, even though he has some other questionable beliefs, um, comes back of a torn Achilles and leads the team and not just the playoffs into Super Bowl contention. It, the odds of that happening are astronomical, but do I want it to happen? Absolutely. It's just going to be tough for me to believe that. It also makes me believe that, they're just pushing the inevitable back, inevitable back yeah. at least one season, right? Like, as much as Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play for another three, four years, it behooves the Jets and more, and more, you know, uh, more accurately behooves Joe Douglas and, and Woody Johnson and, and Robert Sala to have Aaron Rodgers out there balling until yeah. he's 45 years old. Eventually, you're going to have to get another guy. Eventually, yeah. you're going to have to get grab he, somebody. Could be setting a franchise back, Kaz. Hey, I, I know you want to watch the game, and, and the third quarter is about to start. I, I couldn't oh. have you on without asking you about wrestling, right? Um, the Royal Rumble's coming <laughs> up. Our guys here, uh, Tommy and Evan, they're going to do a show after the Royal Rumble I was hearing about talking about wrestling. I'm like, that's unheard of for the fan, but I know you're a big wrestling guy. I know you want to get... Uh, into wrestling commentary with WWE. So um, I'm going to give you the, the, the last couple minutes here to say what you got to say about your, your WWE fandom to all the wrestling fans that listen to the fan. I feel like sports fans, wrestling fans are like all the same. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. If you're somebody who's kind of been in and out of pro wrestling for the past several years, I know who you are, all right? We all know we watched it as kids. We all watched Stone Cold Steve Boss. We all watched The Rock. We all did that. I completely understand. I will not steal you wrong. If there was any other time to get back into pro wrestling, right now is it. You got two big companies in AEW and WWE that are doing great numbers, great attendance. WWE is at doing record numbers every single week. And not on top of that, you got some incredible talent at the top of the card that are, are at the perfect age to carry it into the next sort of generation. And I think that's why there's been so much renewed interest in pro wrestling in the past several years, right? You got the guy like Cody Rhodes, the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, who has been the, the, the bleeding heart, white meat baby face over the past several years that everybody is hoping could come and finish the story and win the Royal Rumble and get and run it back against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. But lurking in the back, you got CM Punk, one of the most popular WWE wrestlers ever, who probably didn't think, He'd be back in WWE uh, ever again, lurking in the shadows. You got The Rock, 
who was suddenly back up in the in the, in the, in the place and possibly going to go after his cousin Roman Reigns, who was the longest reigning WWE champion of the modern era. There's so many incredible storylines. The women of WWE are are just as as as, as headline making as the men right now. You got Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, uh, um, Rhea Ripley. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible time to be a fan right now and. It, it, all you got to do is look outside and, and see, right? Like, if you're watching the NFL, you're watching the NBA, pro wrestling is everywhere, man. So, if you're a fan of it, be proud of it. Yeah, it's a good time to be a fan. And bring guys like Keith who are on the, on the fence around it to come watch the <laughs> show, man. Come to a come to Monday Night Raw or SmackDown on one of these days, man. It's, it's, it's a fun, fun time. And the Royal Rumble, the best pro wrestling event to watch with your friends. You can bet on it. You can see who's going to be in there the longest, who's going to be in there the shortest, who's going to win it, who's going to go to the main event WrestleMania. And if 30 people over the top rope, it is so, so much fun. Keith, do yourself a favor. If you don't watch any show this year, even if you don't watch WrestleMania, watch the Royal <laughs> Rumble. I promise you it'll be so much fun. <laughs> you sold me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check back in. Kaz, you killed it. First time having you on the fan. I'm definitely going to have you back on. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, man, I'm always a pleasure, man. I'm so proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing, brother, as always. Hey, you guys got to follow Kaz at Kazim, K-A-Z-E-E-M, Knicks fan, Jets fan, New Yorker, and obviously a big WWE fan. We got to take a break here, 877-337-6666. Second half to the Knicks game just started. OG Ananobi comes out, knocks down a three. Dante DiVincenzo follows it up, hits a three. The Knicks have a little seven-point lead to open up the second half as they look to close out the Wizards. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up. We've got three hours left. I got no guests. It's me and you, you and me. Let's keep the show rolling right after this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.